Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Sex, Love, and Addiction. This show was created to provide accurate expert information and support for those seeking insight into the painful realities of cheating and infidelity, sex and porn addiction, as well as the relationship between chronic drug abuse and paired sexual behavior, commonly known as chemsex. I'm your host, Dr. Rob Weiss, a licensed therapist, addiction specialist, sexologist, clinical educator, and author of 10 books on intimacy, addiction, sexuality, and relationship health. This podcast is a forum for discussing sex, love, and addiction in frank, fact-based, informative ways. My primary goal is to bring you clear advice, opinions, and feedback from some of the world's most renowned experts in human sexuality, trauma, addiction, mental health, and relationship intimacy. This show is sponsored by Seeking Integrity Treatment Programs, which are also dedicated to providing expert-focused, highly specialized residential treatment for men struggling with sex, porn, and related addictions. You can learn more about Seeking Integrity and my work there at www.seekingintegrity.com. Now let's get started. Hey everybody, I'm so glad to have you here and I'm really glad to have you here with a friend of mine who I've known for many years. We were therapists together and colleagues together in uh, sexual recovery and uh, my friend here, Forrest Benedict. Hi, Forrest. Hi, Rob. I'm so grateful to be here. I wanted to introduce you before I did your bio. That confuses people. Did you know, just to say it? Like if I say my friend Forrest Benedict, and then I go through your bio and I say, hi, Forrest, I think that's kind of weird. But then if I say, hi, Forrest, and then I read your, anyway, so just so everyone is listening, these are the things that your podcasters struggle with every day. So let me read about Forrest. <laughs> Forrest is a licensed marriage and family therapist, a, high, a certified sexual addiction treatment provider. He is author of the highly acclaimed book, Life After Lust, Strategies for Sex and Pornography addiction recovery. Forrest serves individuals, couples, and groups on his online practice. He leads Life After Lust program online in California. He also provides worldwide, worldwide recovery coaching individually through his Heroes in Recovery program. Forrest continues to blog and write on topics related to recovery and personal growth. He is a husband and a father and a man in recovery. Welcome, my friend Forrest. Thank you, Rob. This will be fun. Well, we might have fun. I don't know. But one of the things that I was thinking um, I wanted to mention to everybody is that you, if you like what we're talking about, you can interact with Forrest any week on Sex, Love, and Addiction. That's the website where we have all of our volunteers. And Forrest is kind enough to volunteer on Sunday nights to do a sex and porn group for people who are just beginning to struggle with the issues. And by the way, is that men only? Yeah. Yeah, that's men only. That's men only. Okay. And because I've known this gentleman for a while, and because we've had similar interests, one of the things that we have shared, and one of the reasons we're going to talk, what we're going to talk about today, is really doing therapy online. Forrest has set up a practice where he does that. We certainly give away, you know, a lot of stuff. I do do some online counseling and support, and it's a very different world. And what Forrest and I were talking about, the reason we wanted to do this show was we were thinking that for all of us, whether you're a therapist who's listening, whether you're someone who's been to a therapist or you want to see one, whether you're wanting a coach or a counselor, whether you're looking for recovery or whatever it is, more and more you're going to be turning online for that kind of help. And especially with some of the life changes we've all experienced, some of us have been forced to end up online seeing our therapists or being therapists online. And that just is a different experience than going into the office and seeing someone one-on-one. It's a different physical experience. It's a different emotional experience. It's different. 
So I wanted to talk to somebody or with somebody who, like me, has been doing this work for a couple of years, but who also has been a traditional therapist sitting in the office, seeing people hour after hour. And so I wanted to invite my friend Forrest Benedict on to talk about that. So hey, Forrest, how's it going? Hey, Rob. It's going good. What do you think about this topic, sir, in terms of what you're running into, what you're hearing from therapists and clients? And it seems kind of timely to me. Yeah, it's very timely. You know, I've been doing 100% online a little over a year now. And it was scary in the beginning, you know, like there's all this stuff to learn. Scary for you as a therapist? Yeah, like it's intimidating in the beginning. Can you say more about I think this is really good because let me just say to the audience, you guys think we have it all together sitting on the other side of that chair. Yeah. <laughs> usually we do. But when, we're do, when we've changed our office, when we've gone to work somewhere else, when we are working in a new medium, it can really throw us. And so what is that? What was that for you? Yeah. Well, it's, it's what I see a lot of therapists running into right now when they're kind of forced into this position of oh, dang, I, I need to figure this out. But but yeah, it's scary. Like, obviously, we can legally do this. But when we look at, like, the legality of it and how everything has to be HIPAA compliant, we have to have the right programs and software and all that, like, it's it's new territory. So you say something to that, the general public, because you guys don't know our, our needs at our end. I think what Forrest is talking about is we have privacy laws. We have to protect your privacy. We can't just throw up any program that somebody might be able to hack into and see those personal moments that we're sharing with you. Mm -hmm. We have to protect you. We have to make sure that the platform is uh, useful and it was not going to cut out and it's going to be consistent enough. for. So there's all the technical parts that you're talking about, right, Forrest? Yeah, there's the legal part. There's the technical part. Like, how do I you know, actually make it even, even on my end, like, like how do I have a session in a way that my, the people in my house won't hear it. I maintain yeah. confidentiality. I make, make the client feel like they're coming into a place that feels safe to them, you know, that looks kind of like an office in the background. Like there's all these little pieces to it that, that I think in the beginning can be like really intimidating for someone that doesn't have any direction. Can I give you one that I found really hard? Yeah. I moved to, I do most of my work on, on a pad now because I really prefer mobile devices to uh, traditional mm. computing. And where is the camera? It's in the center of the pad, but mm. I cannot see myself looking at people. So I can't, it's very like the whole idea of being able to interact with someone to see like if they can see your, into your eyes, for example, can they see when I face someone directly, they're looking into my eyes. When I'm on the screen, I'm a little bit of an angle. So how just so that I can really feel like I'm talking to the person and we're seeing each other directly. Even that little piece took a while. I don't know about you, but I had to kind of get all my angles right. They didn't teach us that in grad school. <laughs> yeah. No, no. It's and I've What I've learned to do is kind of like you can kind of change the position of where the client is on the screen. So I'll, I'll put the client up as close to the camera as possible because I do think that feeling that there is some eye contact makes a big difference, you know, and make sure that I'm not like checking my email or Facebook while I'm in session. Like that may seem obvious, but it's way easier to get away with when you're in a session with that, you know, but that may be a no brainer that we shouldn't do that, but it's, it's definitely a thought, you know. I've sat with therapists with their pad in front of them, and I didn't know in the office, and I didn't know if they were taking notes about me or checking the mail. You know, I'm not, I mean, I hopefully they were talking to me, but there is an extra level of, I think, attention that we have to give to make sure that the client knows that we really are with them. Mm -hmm. 
because we're not physically in their space. Let me ask you this. I would imagine that people call you with, you know, like, I want to do therapy with you online, but I'm concerned that it's, that you're not really in the same room as me kind of thing. What kinds of concerns do they bring to you that they wouldn't necessarily be concerned about if they were in a live session? I think they're worried about the same things that we as therapists can worry about. They're worried about doing something different. You know, it's awkward. It's different to them. They can't wrap their mind around initially doing a session like from their own home or on their own phone. They, they may feel like, you know, because I do online groups as well, they may feel like I just want to feel the physical presence or I just want to, you know, it's like going to a meeting and, you know, the groups that I would lead in person, like they would give each other a hug at the end. Like you, you can't do that. So you have to find other ways to, to help them feel that closeness with others. So it's almost like going a little bit the extra mile. Like I know for me, when I'm doing a group, I kind of will say, okay, I want everybody to put their hands up and just give a little gentle wave to say goodbye to everyone. Like just to see everyone raise their hand, everyone wave goodbye at the same time. Like little things like that make, to, make it to me feel like we're connected, even though we're, you know, a little bit less connected. And I probably guess you've found little ways that you have made people to feel more comfortable working online. Well, I hope so. Yeah. And I, I definitely, you know, doing online groups especially, like there is more of this asking them to participate in the moment than might naturally happen when they're sitting in the room together. But it works, you know. You mentioned the privacy issue, and I have had that come up because um, at, at the client end, uh, especially when I have a client who's cheated or has lies or secrets from a spouse, and they want to try to figure out how to work through that, but they're not quite ready to have their spouse find out, and they're sitting yeah. in a two-bedroom apartment, and there's no privacy. And I have, you know, I have heard through the grapevine that a number of my clients sit in their cars and do therapy. I've definitely had that happen, and that's. You know, one of the benefits of online therapy is you're not walking into an office worried about who's going to see you walk into that office. You know, you can go on your phone. So let's do those advantages and disadvantages. I never thought. So the advantages to online therapy are, for sure, time and place. Like I think about, you know, I've been talking to audiences forever. It's like, and I'm talking about therapists. You know, you and I are a little bit ahead of in, in the curve here because we've been doing this a while. When we talk to therapists, I'm like, do you really think that the couple who is working two jobs and has to get a babysitter and drive through traffic and get home and, you know, at eight o'clock at night and put the kids to bed and pay the baby, do they really want to go to see you for $225 in the middle of the day for the bad news? Don't they really want to go home and put everything to bed and put their life and then sit down and talk to their counselor? It seems to me like the way the world has gone, we our food is home, our entertainment is home. Lord knows every package is delivered at home. I don't know that people want to sit in someone's office like they used to. And I'm finding people to be quite comfortable joining us online. In fact, some of them prefer it. Um, have you heard that? Well, I've definitely seen it become very, like the convenience aspect is blaringly different. If that's, is that a word blaringly? <laughs> yeah, it's very different. You know, I had one client who was like, wow, this is so much more cost effective and time effective because I don't have to drive across, across town on my lunch break to see my therapist and spend the gas and spend the time away from work. So yeah, you're still paying the same fee, but time-wise, time away from your family, time away from work, like it is quite efficient as far and convenient, you know, and cost effective. You know, I always thought, Forrest, that part of my commitment to therapy, it, literally the, my commitment to therapy for myself meant the hour it took to get there, 
the hour it took to get back and the hour there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but the idea of being able to do my day and then just go home and talk to my therapist, well, that just sounds really appealing to me. And I think we also, you know, you and I and many of our peers think from a, no offense, older 40 mindset. <laughs> you know, we grew up when we were kids, if we were young adults, the therapist was in front of us. Everybody was in front of us. And so the idea yeah. that I'm talking to my therapist on a Dick Tracy watch, that just wasn't something you and I grew up with. Mm -hmm. There is a generation of people who are very comfortable communicating online all the time, and they're getting older and older every day. Mm -hmm. Do you find any difference between your younger clients and your older clients online related to that? Or let's say you're more tech savvy versus you're not so tech savvy. Yeah, well, certainly the younger clients, this is normal to them to, to be connected online. And so I think it's it's easier for them to wrap their mind around that. And it's it's just something they're naturally going to be able to do. And the older clients, definitely, it's... It's a challenge, you know, to, again, it's going into the uncertainty of, okay, I have to figure out what to do on my computer. I have to figure out, like I have a, a client that's older than us, I'll just say that, you know, and it can be a challenge, you know, like if they don't already spend part of their life on a computer or, you know, maybe they haven't even done like video chat with their family, you know, like if these things aren't natural to them, like already part of their normal everyday life, then then it is a challenge. However, um, once they learn how to do it, like it's it's manageable. It's actually really convenient and it's really helpful. So it's that learning curve for everybody, the, the therapist and the client. I just want to say I'd really admire what you're doing for us because I think that just because it's difficult or new doesn't mean it's not helpful. Yeah. Hey there, I sure hope you're enjoying this Sex, Love and Addiction podcast. Before we continue, I'd like to remind you that if you or someone you know or love needs treatment for sex addiction, porn addiction, or co-occurring drug problems, Seeking Integrity can help. For more information, please visit our website at www.seekingintegrity.com, that's seekingintegrity.com, or call us at 747-234-4325. It's interesting, Forrest, you know, you and I work in a field where we're really dealing with some of the most personal issues that people have around sex, relationships, intimacy, infidelity, cheating, betrayal. And we're beginning, we've been bringing it to what some people might consider a non-intimate medium, right? We are bringing intimacy issues to be dealt with in a, you know, a two-dimensional space. And even that is a little bit strange, right? Because, you know, you're talking about people getting comfortable with things. And I'm thinking, yes, an older person, they might be afraid they're not going to do it right. They're going to break it. They're not going to find their way to you. They're not going to be able to work and all that anxiety. But you know what, Forrest? I got to say, when I go to see you at your office and I've never been there before, I might be anxious. I might be worried. I might have to check the map. I mean, there is a, a process of getting to someone's office and getting to their space for any, it's just a different way of doing it. Once you get there, you're okay. Yeah. And actually, I think it could be more anxiety provoking, especially when it comes to like sex addiction, you know, getting help for that to walk into a physical office and think, you know, who's going to see me in the parking lot? Who's going to be in the waiting room that I might know? You know, like there's so many things so many variables that can make it more anxiety provoking versus I'm going to be in my room where I feel comfortable and I have my teddy bear, you know? 
<laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you know, like I do, that women certainly feel a lot safer online. And when I volunteer on In the Rooms or I'm on Sex and Relationship Healing, I've noticed like, you know, you and I, we're 12-steppers. We're we've been going to meetings for years. And when I go to recovery meetings, it's almost always a majority of men. Um, especially when you're dealing with intimacy and sex issues. And I have always thought for, well, I guess, you know, look at all the guys who have these problems, not as many women. But boy, when you go online, there are all the women because they feel safer talking to someone in a protected space than necessarily being an attractive woman walking into a dark basement in some church she's never been to at eight o'clock at night. That's And to talk about sex with a bunch of guys. Oh, you know what I mean? I think there are in ways in which people are really finding more safety, especially, and women also like social media more. They like community online more. So maybe women in particular will find themselves more comfortable. But you, but you and I both know we've been forced to this. I mean, the world has changed for all of us. Many of us have been locked down in our homes. Many of us have been locked down in our communities. And we've had to go online if people want therapy. And Lord knows, there's not a time I can remember when people are more anxious and they can't get to their therapists. So the world is changing whether people like it or not, and especially whether the therapists like it or not. You know, you know, Forrest, for a long time, I've been saying to therapists, no long leases, right? Don't take a long lease. Because I thought that virtual reality and putting that headset on and really being in the physical space of another person, even though you're not, like what VR is going really feels like, I thought that would do it. I didn't expect the whole world to have to not be able to see their therapist all at the same time. But this is the game changer. This is what is going to change. The therapy world will never be the same again, ever, because now we're being asked to practice across state lines and giving permission. We're being asked to help anybody we can in any way we can. And that just opens up this very staid world of rules and regulations and, you know, that have been a problem for us, to be honest. Yeah, I was thinking too, like kind of piggybacking on what you were saying earlier about females and and the challenge of them going in to get help is this other piece, which, you know, on, on your website, you provide a group for professionals and talk about professional sex addicts going in to get help when they're afraid that they're going to run into their client or whoever else. So I think that that's another thing that's significant as far as getting online help for professionals that, you know, they need help. We all need help too, you know, to, to get it in a private way. No, we, we've got it together for us. Don't tell them that. <laughs> of course, we can get help too. And I would hope that any the one out there who sees us at a 12-step meeting or us in a support group would say, I am so glad to see that my therapist is actually practicing the things they tell us to do and not just telling us to do it. Yeah. But I understand what you're saying. Also, I think about small towns, you know, where, you know, there's not that many people in our community or our nearby communities. If I go to a meeting, everyone's going to know. I know that, that it's anonymous and all that, but we have a very small church. We have a very small community. If somebody shows up, everyone's going to know, whether it's A-A-N-A-C-A, whatever. And, you know, unfortunately, not everyone is feeling comfortable talking about their problems as we do here in Southern California. Yeah. <laughs> Some folks would keep it to themselves. And so the internet does also uh, uh, allow for groups to come together from all over the world, like we do, you know, in 12-step online now, like we do in sex and relationship healing, and like you're doing with some of your therapy. So let me ask you something. Um, do you do couples work in online? Yeah, it's interesting because sometimes they're in the same room. And I actually had one couple who wouldn't have been able to see a regular therapist because they were in different locations. So it actually worked really ideal for them to do couples work online. Okay, this is really crazy, folks, and not something I thought about, but I want to explain what Forrest just said. You know, if you are in Ohio on a project and your wife is at home in New York, 
you guys can do therapy. You can show up and you can do your couples work. It doesn't matter that one of you is on the road or one of you is away for business or or one of you is, you know, visiting family members. You can still do the work you have to do. I never really thought about that. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, of course, we have to be aware of, you know, where we're licensed and all of that. So this helps because they're both in California where I'm licensed. But yeah, it does open up new possibilities when you don't have to be in the same physical location. And here's the big deal. There aren't enough mental health workers and therapists for all the people in the United States who want help. There just simply aren't, especially in areas where they're hard, you know, more rural areas. But if we can practice nationally with our licenses, then we can help people everywhere. And that just makes so much sense to me. So yeah, if I'm all over the day that when that's going to happen, and it has to happen, that wall has to fall down. Yeah. Well, especially now that we're going more online, it just, you know, it makes sense. Like I'm not going to drive to Florida and have a session with the client, but if it's available online and I can really give them safe, ethical treatment, it, it makes sense to go in that direction. And let me ask you before we just kind of move on toward the end here, what made you decide as a professional, you know, I don't want to have an office anymore. I don't want to, you know, have someone waiting there to say hello to people. I don't want to have the key to the restroom hanging on the wall. I don't want to do, I'm just going to do, what made, I mean, it must've been a conscious decision, obviously. What drove that decision? What made you say, gosh, darn it, I'm going to do this or try this? Well, you know, it was, it's actually quite personal because I was in a situation with our son, our six-year-old, who is having some pretty bad asthma and allergies in the Central Valley in California. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And so we, we were already thinking we need to move to a place where there's clean air and it's a, just a healthier environment. And so we were planning to move up to Washington to get that clean air. Kind of right around that time, I unexpectedly got invited to leave my job. And so it, it just kind of came together in such a way that I was like, well, I've been already researching this um, online therapy, doing this type of work, and I have to move to Washington for the sake of my family, but I'm licensed in California. And I don't want to get licensed in Washington right now and go through all that. So but I've been able to do it, like live in Washington. All my clients are in California where I'm licensed and my family's healthier. So. That was what led to it. Um, but now I'm like, why change it? it it's working. It's, everything's fine. And when you're done with the session, you don't walk out and grab a cup of coffee. You can go out and give your son a hug. Yeah, exactly. How cool is that? So you are expanding, um, as we are, you know, expanding online services. And uh, do you offer, and, and let me just ask this really quickly, individual, yes, I know about couples and, and groups. Is there anything more like a, a program or a, I think there is, something that people want to go through uh, if someone was an addict in recovery or like they'd go every week or go for a period of time or they'd be classes or can you talk about that? Yeah. In California, I've created the Life After Lust program, and that's a one-year program. It's all online, obviously, and it's designed to really, you know, it's outpatient. So it's it's designed to really help people go deep into their recovery and sustain their recovery. Um, and then I'm starting another program, which is online as well. It's a coaching program called Heroes in Recovery. And that's meant to reach, you know, talk about the state lines and everything. It's not therapy, but it's coaching and very supportive to helping people get into a good recovery routine and lifestyle. And so that's coaching. So it's available worldwide. And that I'm launching that in about a week. That's exciting. You clearly are committed to this as a means of helping people. Yeah, I really 
do want to get people the resources. And I, that is very meaningful to me. So I have a question for you, Forrest. What if somebody lived in California and they said, you know, I've met this local therapist here. I'm kind of interested in seeing them. I think they might be good. I'm not sure. But I also met you online and I really like working with you and I think you're really good and I would like to work with you, but I'm not sure. Do you think I would be better off seeing someone that I might like locally live or do you think it, it, I would get just as much out of working with you online? If so, the person hasn't chosen the therapist yet. They're looking at the two situations. How would you advise them? Yeah, well, I would invite them to try an online session and just see if it's a good fit or not. See if I'm a good fit or not. I totally respect the idea that certain therapists are a good fit and others aren't. So You would not put the live experience over the online. You wouldn't say to that person, you know, since Joe, the therapist, is in your neighborhood and I think they're pretty good, you're probably better off seeing them live. You wouldn't say that. You would say, go see them live, go see me online, see which one feels better to you kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think that in-person is better than online therapy. Ah, that's what I wanted to get out of you. So can you say something about that? Because that's a huge, huge, huge statement you just made. I don't think that live therapy is any much better than in-person, than online. Okay, you're going to have to back that one up. No, that's fine. And I did some research on this before because I was concerned about this. Like, is this going to be the same level of treatment that somebody would get in person? And, you know, there is some research around it to back it up that they're, that it's still effective and sometimes even more effective, uh, which was surprising to me. But yeah, I, I definitely have experienced that too. And I've been starting to do IFS work, you know, starting to do trauma work with people online. And it's powerful. Internal family systems is a part of trauma. I, I, I always try to make sure everyone understands what, because you know, as therapists, we're like, oh, I'm doing CBT and ABT, and it's like, what? <laughs> so tell, slow that right, down. Can you tell right. them what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm getting trained in internal family systems, which um, is a, a way of treating trauma. And it's, I found it to be incredibly effective online. You know, it's really helped people do very deep work. And, you know, it's kind of funny. We I, it actually probably feels like we're sitting, you know, four feet away from each other. Like it's, um, we're able to get that connection and go really deep. So I, I would say it's different. It's a different modality, but it's also just as effective. So I, I definitely wouldn't say like, you know, somebody should, you know, pay less if they're getting the online experience because it's not as good. But, you know, that's certainly not the case. Oh, so you don't want to say it's cheaper online to go online. You want to say whatever the individual, wherever the individual does best is what's best. Yeah. You know, it's strange. Uh, I want to sort of move us toward an end here, but I, I can think about clients, you know, bursting into tears in my office in a, in a moment of difficulty. And I want to say, and I might say to them, boy, you know, I, I can see all the feeling you're in and it really makes me want to give you a hug. It doesn't mean I'm going to. If I see someone burst into tears and they're on a screen, I can say to them, boy, I can see you're so full of feeling and I really wish I could be right there to give you a hug. I'm not going to give it to them. But the experience of that I care, that I feel what they're going through, that I want to make them feel better, that's a universal experience. And it does get that carried through voice and face. It's not the same as physical, but it's so much better than nothing. And it's so much better than inexperienced or lack of experience from people who really don't know what they're doing, but they happen to live in your town. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> 
other than the Sunday night group you do on sex and relationship healing, which you do as a volunteer, and I am so grateful. And folks, if you want to get to know Forrest and you don't want to pay him for his services, <laughs> you can come by on Sunday nights. And if you're a Californian and you like what you see and you enjoy the experience, you know, he's about to tell you how to find him for therapy. So Forrest, how can people find you for therapy if they show up on Sunday nights and they think, wow, this guy's amazing? <laughs> Yeah, that'd be great. They can find me on my website, forrestbenedict.com, and that has my contact information. And you're going to have to spell that. Yeah, I know. Forrest, F-O-R-E-S-T-B-E-N-E-D-I-C-T.com. Folks, I have a lot of respect for this man because he really takes a very spiritual, wholehearted approach to his work, and I have a lot of respect for that. Thank you, Forrest, for taking the time, and I know we're going to be talking some more again. Ladies and gentlemen, Forrest Benedict. Awesome. Thanks for your time. This is great. Yeah, great for me too. Thanks, Forrest. Hi, this is Dr. Rob again. Thank you for joining us today. If this show has inspired you to seek further information for yourself or someone you love, I encourage you to visit our Treatment Center website, which is www.seekingintegrity.com. There you'll find some useful information about the residential treatment we provide, which I think is some of the best, most useful, short-term effective intensive care you can find for sexual addiction and compulsivity, as well as combined drug sex or chem sex problems. On SeekingIntegrity.com, you can find some useful advice and direction for healing. And don't forget, if you want to write me about this podcast or reach any of my guests, please write me at Rob at SeekingIntegrity.com. I really look forward to our next time together. Take good care.